Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Echelon Cycling Podcast, where we discuss what's been happening in the week. Well, this week is just going to be about the welter and look ahead what's happening next week. But uh, yeah, as always, I'm joined by Patrick Blake and Mr. Crow himself, Ewan Wilson. I mean, yeah, Seb Kuss has just won the Welter España. Jumbo Visma doing a 1-2-3. It hasn't been done since 1966. Yeah, what did you guys make of the last week of racing? We have plenty of things to discuss as well, reacting to our predictions, which is going to be excruciating but uh yeah honestly this last week despite the fact that yumbo visma sort of had it wrapped up it was interesting in its own way just because yumbo seemed to have this implosion effect going on where nobody could really see or decide what was going on which was interesting in its own way even if a yumbo visma victory was sort of tied up some good breakaways as well going on Wout won a stage remco messed up people were talking about him messing around with his like com- bike computer or whatever it is i'm not sure if he uses wahoo or garmin or whatever but yeah it, it was interesting actually and yeah like you say sep winning the people's champion i think a lot of people were happy about that some people saying that maybe yumbo visma caved into the pressure of like the external kind of public like you know gc cuss thing going on but we'll probably talk about that in a bit but yeah good week overall we've never quite seen sort of a final week week like that where we have like infighting but in within a team for who should win the race and then also this sense of like wanting Kuss to win despite the fact he might not have even been the strongest rider it definitely made for interesting racing and as well in the breakaways Remco Avenapol just lit things up Remco Avenapol is such a phenomenon in his own right so seeing him get a couple of breakaway wins and that mountains jersey sewing that one up this week was uh was definitely fascinating to watch well we might as well uh well we'll go into some things but I'll start with that because in the recap that Patrick and I did, there were so many comments about this of the Angleroo stage. And the debate has still not been settled on a, a lot of the recaps. So we might as well go there. And that leads into what you said as well, Ewan. Was he the strongest rider? Was it right? What do you guys think? Do you think it was right that they dropped the leader's jersey of their teammate when there was no threat. And I think you can just hear what my position is on this. Yeah, I remember one of the comments which you sent a screenshot to me of Scott. Somebody said we were being too PC about it, or like not being brutal enough. So you know what? Maybe, maybe you'll get the unfiltered version today. Personally, I think that there's there was just no reason, to be honest with you. I don't think that anyone was really threatening Yumbo Visma and dropping Sep was kind of selfish, to be honest with you, of Roglic and Jonas. I know people are fans of them, but yeah, I think that it showed really the true colours of Jonas and Roglic. I know that people are fans of them, but it just kind of shows that when push came to shove, they were really willing to sort of sacrifice somebody else's success for their own. And I kind of i don't know it puts a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth as somebody who has been a fan of these riders for lots of races to see that maybe they're not i mean i'm especially kind of for roglic like Jonas. i was a bit like ah you know he attacked on the tourmalade then he got another minute on that stage and it's just kind of like i I wish they kind of hadn't because it's just yeah like i said it's a bit of a sour taste in my mouth because it just makes me feel like they're not the the tr- like big champions they were kind of you know selfless person that i thought they were because otherwise they would have just been all in on set but instead clearly something happened after the tourmalade where yumba went no that's not happening anymore but i feel like yumba should have been more on it and they should have said like no we're not doing this because this is just ridiculous how we're just just doing things un- unnecessarily i mean it was entertaining in its own way but i don't think that it was it was required and i think yumba should have shut it down and been behind sep earlier on 
um, before like the Tourmalay or the Angler or whatever. You know, they should have been on that. So yeah, there you go. That's my unfiltered version of it for the person who wanted the unfiltered version. To some extent, I'm thankful it happened because it... Good point. It made yeah, for, good point. It made for an interesting narrative because was it stage 18 where they just like rode over the line? That was like road information. That was that was a snooze fest. Angleroo and all the drama, it made it interesting. And like all the pull quotes that were coming out about Roglic saying, oh yeah, I've got my own opinions about this. People were digging up likes on the account of Roglic's wife on Instagram to like stir up um, what what she was possibly thinking. It was um, it was fascinating at least. Um, love a bit, love a bit of spice in a grand tour like that. And yeah, I mean, only only in a sport like cycling could we have a debate where we say, "Did the strongest actually win?" Because like the sport is just like entangled in so many unwritten rules and um, and sort of like sportsman handshakes and so forth. I think I think to the outside viewer, to someone who doesn't really know cycling. It doesn't really make sense why Sepkus won, but it is it, it is a very nice narrative given that he's given so much twice this year already in, in, the other, in the other two Grand Tours and also throughout well since 2019 really on behalf of Roglic and Vingo respectively. So totally understand people's anger, but it's a hard debate to really have. It feels it feels almost like we've been in like an echo chamber because everybody wants Sepkus to win or wanted Sepkus to win in the past no, days now that he's won. No, in the comments. There's a lot of people who are saying that this is gifting. A lot of people are angry with the gifting nature of this, but you're still there. Like that's understandable, though, because so like, in cycling. Why? But I gifting, mean, it's it's your teammate. It's, it's not Christmas. <laughs> but it's it's your teammate, the guy who has helped you win. How many welters does Roglic have a knees yet? Did did he not remember stage sixteen of the Giro d'Italia where he would have? Yeah, been spat completely if it wasn't for Sepp Kuss. Yeah, literally. Roglic wouldn't have won that Giro if it wasn't for Sepp, I don't think. Considering the small margin of victory to G. Yeah, but the whole gifting thing, it's kind of like, but in, in cycling, gifting happens like all the time. Well, not all the time, but you know, it, not when it, it does is happen. Like, well, I don't know, like think back to Paris last year when they gift gifted the, the win to Laporte or when Laporte got gifted the victory by Wattman Art against Bevelgan this year. It's not an unprecedented new thing where Sepp was gifted it and that's like some new you know, thing which should be banished. You know, It's happened for years, this gifting thing. It doesn't matter if somebody's the strongest. There's been lots of Grand Tours where the strongest hasn't won. Think back when Froome was stronger than Brad at the Tour. You know, Froome should have because he was stronger won, but no, they went with Brad because he was in the lead. And yeah, I, I, even if Sepp wasn't the strongest, you got to back your man who's who's leading. I guess they were in the unprecedented scenario where they literally had second and third, and they could kind of just play with the, with their food at that point and just try and make things as interesting as possible, or just I don't know what what they're trying to do. They could have released some documentary with just full on just the full spice going on with it. I do agree with what you and said, you know. It is, it is spicy. We do enjoy a little bit of spice, especially in cycling. Sometimes it can be a little bit bland. So it was actually quite interesting to have such gossip and juice going around. I love the idea of, of them releasing a film because their documentary for the 2021 Tour de France is called Plan B. If they were to release a film, what, what letter of the alphabet would this plan be? Was it ever the plan to have set because in the red jersey by the end of week one and be second, third in, in the podium? Was it the 
that there must be plans plan y xyz squared for for young bovisma but anyways every time a rider wins a grand tour and it isn't the tour de france there is the natural question can they win the tour de france Seb Kuss has been to the tour numerous times this year as well. Oh, is he going to be a one-hit wonder? That's what we're thinking. And he's going to go back to his super domestic role. Or could he potentially have a dig at the tour? And I mean, that leaves the question open as well. Who's going to lead the tour next year for, for Yomo Visma? Obviously, Jonas Vingor, the two-time champion. But yeah, has this added anything to this? Could we potentially see double leaders of Roglic and Vingor? They kind of, yeah, Patrick, you were filling us in with something in the recap. Yeah, I, I don't know about Sep, to be honest with you. I feel like Sep did well this time round because I think probably for one of the last times, honestly, he was allowed into the breakaway to get the victory and therefore gain time there. And I don't think he's going to be given that leash maybe ever again in a grand tour unless it's a really difficult stage. Sep getting those minutes in the first week and then when, once Martinez was dropped Sepp was in the lead that was the way which he got it I don't think he was going to get it by hanging out with the GC boys and beating them on the line because otherwise he would have just been a domestique so I don't think it's going to happen at the tour to be honest with you with Sepp I hate to be the negative Nancy person on, on this opinion but I just now people have seen what you know, if you allow Sep in the break, this can always happen. And I think especially if you're somebody like UAE with Pogaccio, I just don't think you're going to be allowing Sep into the break. I see that being the only way that Sep wins is if he gets into a break. But if people are actually alive to the threat now, I just don't see Sep winning a Grand Tour. Even though he did show that his TT was actually not too bad um, in that flat TT on stage 10. You know, that was actually a, a very good performance on a TT. But I just don't see how he will... Uh, Maybe he gets put in as a co-leader with, with Sepp or whatever, but I don't know, the whole Roglic thing as well, rumours of him going to Trek and the uncertainty of that, that's just like a whole other can of worms to be opened up. If you're a negative Nancy, I'm a negative Nicholas because I don't think Sepp Kuss will win the Tour de France. I, it's just like the circumstances of this Balto win are so exceptional that I just don't think it's going to happen again. You know, him going in the breakaway, gaining those minutes to begin with, and then also happening to be on the strongest team who also have second and third on the podium. Realistically, is that ever going to happen again? I I just don't think so. And Kuss has never podiumed the Grand Tour. Otherwise, he's been a super domestique. And once we go to next year's Tour de France, with all the expectations of Remco Avenepoel and with Pogacar joining up um, at the start line of next year's Tour de France, we believe, I, I, I just don't think there's going to be a sort of Movistar style formation for Yamba Visma where, where they can pick Kuss, Vingo, and Roglic. I think we saw in this Puelta, it worked, but it was very chaotic. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But I mean, to provide just a little bit of a, you know, devil's advocate for the other side. Devil? What if, oh, so Kuss being the devil side. Yeah, what, what if, you know, Jonas gets sent because he's Jonas, you know, two time champion, he has to go barring anything say Roglic goes to Trek hypothetically for, for this whatever reason that rumours going around Sepp and Jonas end up going to the tour they end up as co-leaders Pagacha somehow has a bad year similar to this year maybe prep isn't quite good enough has a bad day as he's sometimes prone to doing Jonas crashes Sepp's in the lead you know exceptional circumstances again but i do i'm not saying it's impossible i'm just saying that unrealistic 
but that's just like that's the way which if he was to win that's how i think he would go in also the fact like ineos were nowhere because of yeah ironsman crashing de plus crashing garen thomas crashing it was just yeah i don't see ineos being competitive next year remco gone as well like he was out of the equation you know unless ue you know if they bring a uso to the tour next year as an intro maybe, maybe they decide to do a bit of a two-pronged thing they've been very much around Pogaccio the last few years of a tour maybe they decide to get in a little bit with this dual leadership game even if it is just a bit well I'm, i'll say that adam yates did a very good job of that this year i always you know forget about him but you know somebody you know like the, the two or three leader thing like yumbo had to try and counter this growing threat that yumbo have with their numerical superiority inside the top 10 you know, anything could happen with with like dual leaders next year. Who knows? It'd be interesting to see what happens with Sep, because obviously he crashed out. Well, I didn't crash out, but he crashed in the tour, so and he dropped a little bit out of GC because of that. But yeah, I'm interested to see what he could do as a as a GC threat. Whether Yumbo treat him as a GC rider now rather than a super domestique, I don't know. Maybe they see on like new potential with him. In a way, that's a bit like uh, Theo Gigenhart from his position at the Giro a couple of years back when he won the Giro. Similar with, with Jai Hindley as well, where they, they they did particularly well in the COVID Giro, and then that sort of built faith within the team and within the peloton. Like Theo Gigenhart's never really going to be sort of second guessed ever again after that Giro win. Maybe Sepkus is going to be in the same position. Gigenhart's a little bit different because like he wasn't necessarily a super domestique. But uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens to Sepkus in the years to come. The whole GC cussing, like back in 2021, I mean, we had plenty of debates about like what could Sepkus do in those little week-long GC races, and it seemed like he wasn't really uh, fitting into the role of a leader. But this welter, it's worked. Maybe builds confidence and goes for it next year, or we return to a Kuss who isn't quite so comfortable in that leadership role, particularly in those one week long stage races that build up to the Grand Tour setting and Yumbo Visma back one of the other horses instead. Well, before we go to Ride of the Welter, it's uh, it's its own section this week and then we'll do Ride of the Week. Right, so we're going to react to our predictions of the 2023 Welter Espana and uh, I mean, this is going to be brutal, but yeah, here we go. I'm not sure whether to go once again different just to kind of give myself yet another option to go with. But I, I mean, this like one I'm counts going, on the echelon. Yeah, I, I'm going to... Uh, I'll stick with what I said in the preview. I'm going to go with... I think that it will... Oh, what did I say? I said that Avonapol was going to finish third, Ayuso's going to finish second, and Jonas is going to win. Well then. I think I saw somebody said he was like 200 to 1 in odds, so... If somebody put like a one pound bet on that, like fair. <laughs> and then caveat, Roglic finishes fourth. Very close. To so, so fair, that was that was. If people are wondering, question. if before the Roglic supporters go, where is he? Start demanding my head on a spike, as they should. Jonas wins. Roglic second, and third goes to someone. Um, Dave Nepal. Almeida, Wow, you saw. I back Sasha so much, and I got so so little in return. Um, let's go for Almeida. Ooh. Wait, instead of I use on that might. But the thing is, I I use a. It's weird how that was good. completely irrelevant. <laughs> he is good. He is pretty okay. good. He is quite fast. I'll go for Almeida. 
No, 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 no. He was crap at the waltz. Ayuso. Ayuso finishes third. Okay, I'm going to say Ayuso wins. Remco in third and Roglic in second. Oh, no, he's third. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Uh, I correctly... So I said Jonas wins, Roglic second, Ayuso third. That was the second, third, and fourth. If it wasn't for Kuss, that would have been correct. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, that's true. But that's not how this game yeah. works. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you yeah were who was saying Kuss? You, you were correct, but like, everything was shifted. <laughs> yeah, Kuss destroyed your podium. You need to send angry hate to Kuss. He destroyed your game. Who's going to win the most stages? Oh, wait, was it Remco in the end or not? It must have been. Three was stage it, wins. Was it Groves or Ramco? Or did I they get Rose an equal amount? Got three as well. Oh, did you get three? Oh, I thought you only got two. Okay, fair enough. So you That's know. quite a good one. Do you mean like team or like individual rider? Individual. Ooh. Well, it's not going to be a sprinter because there's about one and a half sprints going in the whole race or something like that. Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, Roglic, if he's on form, he could be picking off some of those yeah. hockey stick stages, as you call them, Patrick. Yeah, but then you can get just some, like, cracked breakaway guy, like a Jay Vine from years gone by, who could just go and pick up, like, free breakaway victories, just, like, okay, going Carapaz, in as... Carapaz did that last year. Yeah, last year? like, yeah, I'm never one what you mean. Though. Yeah, last year you got three stages in the Pokedots. I don't want to say Jonas... Seems so boring. I'll go over Yuzo. A Yuzo's winning the most stages. I mean, seven, three, twelve, breaking the Freddie Martin's record, thirteen. I would. I, I'll I'll say a safe three. I'm going for Roglic. He's so good at on uphill sprints. Mm. He can roglify those profiles. Oh, eventable. Did he win it? Do the most stages. He eight to eight. His sprints really improved recently. Just not against Whirlpools. As he beat Bill Bow in San Sebastian, and Bill Bow's no slouch in a sprint. We've seen him do really well in Basque sprints before and all the Alps sprints. Could be even more. He gets the TT as a de facto as well. Uh, Olympic champion, pretty much Roglic. Oh, Roglic is finishing fifth in that TT. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if the ball's winning, if the ball's definitely winning the legit. I'm sorry. <laughs> With his aero skin or whatever freaking rubbish that is. Have you guys seen that? We all think he's going to win the time trial. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's a cold take. That's an ice cold polar Arctic race in Norway yes. take. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Stephen Williams shaking in the post race interview take. Yeah, literally. I mean, I'll repeat my hot takes from the from a preview. I think that Roman Gregoire is winning winning stage two. The puncher. This is like you in specific. Why? Why the specific? Why not just say he's going to win a stage? Can we just say we didn't say Ghana? Any of us for the time trial? That's because I literally thought Ghana was washed. Legit, House was like, "This guy's this guy's not doing anything in this welter." And then he went and finished. Won with TT and finished second in every sprint. Ewan's not going to defend his position of saying it was a super ice cold take. I mean, it was a pretty cold take at the time. I, I also must say, can we just take a moment to appreciate how good that time trial was from the cyborg from Vyborg, Alexander Vlasov? Anyway, roll the clip. Damn for a stage runner. Oh, Vingo, Vingo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Andreas Corton. 
that's not happening. We've been we've been trying to Ooh. manifest this for years. We have been manifesting, and we have got so little. Yeah, yeah. Not every, not every. Stop! 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 Stop. <laughs> you can oh. skip that part. <laughs> and it can't oh. snap. Never gonna happen. Okay. That's so mean. To be fair, can We're I can I can I please wiggle my way into proving a point? He won a stage that was neutralized. So none of the GC guys raced the final five kilometers because it was too rainy. Does that still count? Count on his Palmares. Yeah. I'll let the comments decide. Well, P, you would, where do you think that Eitebrooks is going to finish oh, yeah. on his Grand Tour debut? Ooh. He's finishing in the Eitebrooks zone, 8th and GC. That's exactly what I said. what Scott said. I said he's going to finish 6th, actually. Where did he finish? Didn't he finish 8th? Because he seven? lost. Yeah, he lost to Vassal. He lost time on that stage 20 to Vassal. I think he finished in 8th. So I reckon, I think Ewan absolutely nailed it. I think my I, I honestly thought his sixth place was pretty... I, I thought that was on. Once I saw him on the Tourmalet and the Angleroo, I was like, man, this guy's going to do it. And then, I don't know, some something bad happened and somehow he lost and went down to eight. So I do think that you had nailed that one. So that's pretty good. A chow. A chow. Man, this 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 crystal ball for the for the for the ball to GC, it's uh, it's far from dusty. Right, so yeah. Are you just basically winning the white jersey then? Uh, no, Zabe, no. Yeah, I think that that happened. Uh, thank you. I mean, yeah, you did kind of get um, that right. To be fair, I did. Yeah, who won the white jersey? She doesn't finish. This is this is oh. my pain. oh no! Wow, that's mean. I thought you were a Blasso fan. Literally said he wasn't going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> you would just fully lost any any faith. What happened to that crystal GC ball? Didn't have Blasso. Um, no, but remember when he finished fifth in that TT? It was such a good result. <laughs> uh, Enric Mass. Is he going? I think he is. The the Enric Mass zone is, is just exclusively second place in GC. Yeah, but he's not getting second, is he? Like, he's recovering from that Tour de France injury. And as Patrick said, he didn't go to uh, the World of Burgos. Yeah, but he's He's Enric Mass, though. DNF stage nine. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. Lentissimo happened as well. We didn't really see that coming. That's because you can never expect a Landissimo. That's what makes it so special. Who else do we have on my team who could be fully unleashed? He's going to unleash Jose Joaquin Rojas to like mm. do something. Did that happen? No. No, no it didn't happen. Well, last Carno. Carno. Yeah, what happened last there? Carno was very underwhelming in this race, also. Lenny, Lenny Martinez? No, be real. Oh, do you think Egan Bernal is going to get a stage win? No. No, Why not? I'd like him to. Yeah, I'd like it. Yeah, that didn't happen. That counts as a true prediction. I I mean, that's very true, but you could have also said, do you think Robert Hassink is going to win a stage? Do you think Jeffrey Soup is going to win a stage? Oh, honestly, that would have been <laughs> imagined. That was incredible. So yeah, I'd like it. I'd like, I'd like a million euro in my bank account. Yeah. 
you could have had that if you put money on Sepkus winning the welter. It doesn't mean it's happening, you know. I'd like I'd like Sasha Vlasov to win the Tour de France. Yeah. <laughs> Is it gonna happen? I don't think so. But Bernal. Behind Vandenberg, he's winning a sprint easily. Remco Venipool. Sprints engaged. Oh, take her. Simon Carr wins wins the stage. Oh, I lo- That's a shame because he didn't come. There was also a surprisingly little amount of breakaway victories in comparison to other welters, which is just like a little side note. It would have been, I think it would have been quite hard for Carr to win actually in a, in retrospect if I knew what I did now. But guys, you just said, oh, who wins the Angler stage? That's oh. a good one. I'm saying you'll just been gold. Oh, that's so that's so beige. I'd agree. He would have won it if he didn't sit on Roglic's wheel. Yeah, that is true. But he was really afraid of getting like punished. Roglic was on one. It's a cold take. No, I'm gonna go somewhere different. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the people what they really want. We all know that Roman Bade. I've mentioned Roman Bardet winning up there. Nah, it's going Bardet to be... is stage hunting in this ball to span. You're not going for GC. We'll see. I mean, your dig here. Yeah, he didn't get one. Totally valid. He was close, though. Yeah. Ramco was just in the way on that one stage. Yeah. Nah, Lenny Martinez wins a Pangaroo. Imagine. Exactly. Um, okay. No, no, for, for real, Eddie Dunn. Parallels. Hello, Edward. My man from Ed- County Cork. Didn't he crash out on stage four or two or something? Yeah, no, he crashed out really early on. He crashed in the opening time trial and it was all downhill from there. How many stages did Jumbo win? Uh, four. How many did they win? Roglidge, two. Sepkus, Jonas, two. Five or more? Five. Okay. Ah, oh, that was close. Two. Five. Two. Oh. Oh, oh, bang around. Yeah. There we go. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Did you not hear what you just said, you? That's a lock. Them winning the team time trial. Can I just remind everybody that team time trial was at 1 a.m. <laughs> there was no light on the course. During a monsoon. Um, it was raining really bad. Yeah. It would have been six otherwise. Yeah. But yeah. You, you, you do make a valid point. It was an awful team time trial. Uh, it probably the worst ever. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was... Uh, yeah, there was, a, there was a few truffles in there. Some few good ones. We're going to need to get better. For you know, next time we do these, I think I'm really gonna need to like start making some sensible calls, unlike some of the ones which I said there, because they were so far from the truth, it was a bit painful. The specifics that was, yeah, not gonna lie, I think that might actually that might be our most accurate one that we've done this year. Like Wait. there were a lot of good ones, and like we hit we hit the nail in the head on a lot of them. White jersey, uh, Ita Brooks, Ita Brooks, yeah, true. Got that. Um, the Yumbo Visma stages, 
even yeah, if that didn't true. include the TTT. Yeah. My podium was wrong. Kind of spot on. Wrong. It was wrong, is what it was. Yeah, it was wrong. <laughs> it was like so close. That's like saying you won the lottery by having the wrong numbers one digit out. It, it kind of is. You should get like half the money for that. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how they work. But anyway, I mean, predictions aside, uh, good to laugh at ourselves. But going back to the Welta Espana, we're still on the Welta. Who has been your rider of the Welta? Who has been, yeah, who are you going to say is the rider of the Welta? And then we'll get on to how we're going to stop Jumbo Visma as well after this. This kind of feels like recency bias, but I'm just going to jump straight in there with Wild Pools as a guy to start us off with. Stage winner, even if that did involve Remco flicking on his Garmin in the sprint finale. But he was also super impressive in that final week for trying to set up Landissimo. I think he also finished quite high up on the, that Angaroo stage. And I was like, you know what? Wout Pools was having a proper resurgence. It was like seeing him back at Sky with Froome. So yeah, Wout Pools for winning a stage at the Vuelta and being the climbing domestique that Sepkus wasn't allowed to be in this race. I'm not humoring Jumbo Visma. Mikelanda, hello. Fifth place in GC. He historically has not been good at the Vuelta. So him to get this result, and he pretty much did what Kuss did in terms of going in the breakaway and holding that all the way to the end. Respect on Mikalanda's name. It's the best Mikalanda we've seen in a while. I mean, if I was to pick a non-Yombo Visma rider, the comments are going to go crazy because they already yeah. think we're an anti... Well, I'm not, but you guys get it. I am. Um... <laughs> well, there we go then. Uh, I'm going to say the most exciting rider has been none other than Remco Venable. I think he's really lit the stages up. Arguably, I think, Patrick, you said at one point, Remco not being a GC rider has saved the Welters to some respect and then yeah. sprinkle in some of that Jumbo Visma drama. But like, even on this final stage, he was up there mixing it, trying to win the stage. Uh, just a shame that Groves was on his wheel. Won the Mansa jersey by like a landslide. Even on the Angler who's the first rider on the Angler and just really sticking it to everyone. So, but I mean, we yeah. have to say the Yumba Visma riders as well. But you can't, you can't like Jonas Vingol winning how many yeah. stages? Two stages, and then working for Sepp Kuss after yeah. the public went crazy. Roglic got two wins. Is that right? Yeah. But I mean, just going quickly back to Avonapool. Imagine if he beat, if he didn't choke the sprint against Rui Costa and Wild Pools, he would have got five stage wins. If he won the TT against Ghana, that would have been six. Like, just think of like the second places that Avonapool got in this race and how extraordinary it could have been if he did win them. He did have a really good welter. I agree. And also, he wasn't that far off winning the green jersey. 80 um, points, but still, like, that's a really good amount of, of, of points for a GC rider. I mean, yeah, if you convert those second places, like you said, that green jersey maybe would have been taken. We're not going to humor Seb Kuss being the rider of the welter? No one? I, I can do, but I've, I've already kind of stated mine. Don't get, the, the reason why I haven't stated the Yumba Visma rider is just because a I ju I just didn't like their dominance. That's that's my first thing. I've just got an agenda, and also it's just like low hanging fruit, you know. I don't know. Even though they are the rider of a Welter, don't get me wrong. It's it's too easy. 
we're, we're not here for the, the easy stuff. We're trying to be a little bit inventive. This is what we tried to do with like Rider a Week and stuff, you know. Coming out of those different peeps. Yeah, Sepkus literally winning the Vuelta was better than Roglic or Jonas winning it, in my opinion, because it was just somebody different. So, yeah, fair play. Sep, you are the Jumbo rider of <laughs> of the Vuelta. Juan Ayuso, do you think he was better this year than he was last year? He said he had a bit of a cough. I do think he was better this year than last year, but I think just the Jumbo Visma were just way too strong. Like, I, I think his actual level was higher this year. Like, I think he was the best of the rest. But uh, nevertheless, we might as well take a step away for a bit from the Welter Spaniard has been a bit too much Welter. We have had Tadabagacha back in racing and Macho van der Poel, who took a victory. The Italian one-day race is going on, and yeah, these Belgian one-day races as well. What, how have you felt about these kind of races? And I mean, Patrick, you were saying that you always have like this one rider who just peaks up in, in this autumn season, and it seems like Pavel Sivakov is your rider-elect. <laughs> Pavel Sivakov is doing what Lutsenko usually does at this time of year, which is just like dominating these Italian races. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I just love it. I love that Sivakov was left out of the Vuelta, and now he's just like, honestly, this guy could podium Il Lombardia. I'm already kind of like jumping the gun a bit, but when you start showing the kind of legs right now, it's just like a sign that come Il Lombardia, I honestly think that Sivakov will be Ineos's guy. And then, yeah, Van der Poel, I didn't see that coming because it's, it's, it's the Super 8, which used to be the Primus, Primus, whatever classic. Um, I was confused by that when I first saw it. I thought, what is this race? I didn't think Van der Poel was going to win, to be honest. I thought that he was sort of just here, just as like a token guy parading around in the World Champs jersey. I thought it was going to be for Cern Crowell. I also thought of the Grand Prix de Wallonie, they were going to go for Axel Orance. But I'm actually quite surprised, and in a good way, that Underpool's deciding to be competitive in these races. It's a shame also that it's been overshadowed by the Vuelta, kind of Van der Poel's good results. But yeah, cool to see him doing doing his stuff. I'm not sure whether he'll go to any of the Italian races, whether he'll just do like the Belgian stuff and, you know, get ready for cyclocross, I guess. That'll be the logical thing to do because um, I don't think he's doing Euros. So, yeah, some interesting little speckles of other races going on. He really should do the Euros because it's on that colder van, um, which is the climb he took the Dutch Nationals in 2020. Um, so it'll be cool to see him return there. And he'll be the home rider as well because it's being held in the Netherlands. How, how are we forgetting Swiss superstar, Swiss national champion Mark Hirschi? He's back, baby, doing what he does best, which is winning second-tier Italian classics. Is this UAE trying to... Keep their UCI points haul alive. Obviously, Jumbo took a landslide at the Vuelta. Whether UAE are sensing that their one-day racing is perhaps their last sort of chance to really do this, because this is kind of you know Jumbo, have, in my opinion, of sort of like that's like it for Jumbo. Like I, I feel like they will get some one-day results and stuff, but I think that UAE will be more dominant in these races. So maybe the tide can still shift in that UCI points battle. Not that anybody really cares other than these two teams, but an interesting subplot to keep your finger on over the next month or so if you are desperate. I would say upper tier cycling nerds as well, Carol Bello. Yes. And not just cycling, cycling nerd. Upper tier. Upper tier. <laughs> Who won the team classification in 2018? Exactly, nobody cares. 
But, uh-huh. but there was um there was the PowerPoint of like Yumbo Visma's team targets leaked. Not leaked, it was just like oh. tweeted online. And it said to win the Tour, the Giro, the Vuelta, to win either Flanders or Roubaix, which they didn't do, and to win the World Tour ranking, or the UCI ranking this year. So they're actually targeting it. And like that was one of their goals at the beginning of the season. Also, we haven't mentioned it. Jumbo Visma's final stage kit was pretty cool with all the different Grand Tour colors on it. That was... That was pretty nifty. It wasn't mm-hmm. it like against the rules at one point that like you weren't allowed to change the kit at the end. I remember was it Radio yes. Jack had problems with it. I but think capitalism wins. Money speaks. I think Yuma Visma and any rider in the race of the Vuelta should now be stripped of wherever they were finished in the Vuelta, and we should have a complete re-ranking because of this. I use a win! Yay! Yeah, <laughs> this catastrophic breaking of the rules. Now a Yuzo is going to win out of Lander and Mass, and Spain goes wild. I'm sure that would be, yeah, that Spanish podium, right? Yeah, legit, that'd be so cool. I mean, quick, yeah, side note, I, I'd, I mean, special kits for like grand tour winners i don't like it it feels presumptuous and a little bit uh, big-headed and therefore i am wholeheartedly against them and therefore however cool the kit is it goes against all my principles and therefore i don't like it now we're like we're going through these races there's one podcast favorite that actually won a stage the memorial uh, marco pantani race and it was none other than Atleti Lodzenko who took the sprint against Mark Hirschi yes. and Pavel Sivokov. Who was second time? Second time. He did it in 2019 as well. He is the next coming of Marco Pantani. That's why he loves this race. I, I wish he's not. I think he time trials better than Marco Pantani. He's won two Tour of Oman's. Pantani never did that. And he's been. Kazakh national champion Pantani never did that either. So, has Marco Pantani ever been to Oman? I want to know this. Have they ever been to Kazakhstan? I doubt it. That feels more likely though, because Kazakhstan has this like weird history with cycling. But how recent is that? It's not like 90s, I think, is it? Maybe he went on holiday to the city of Astana. Maybe he brought cycling to Kazakhstan. Maybe he inspired the young Vinokurov in high school and then this guy came in cycle and then he cycled marco pantani might have taught alexander vinokurov italian many people are saying this but adding that to our list of conspiracy theories of this podcast <laughs> yeah right of the week we might as well do that and uh, who has been your right of the week is seb Kuss gonna have his third rider of the week in a row from this podcast it won't be from me if, <laughs> spoilers <laughs> who thought that anyway uh, yeah no. um rider of the week i don't know I'll, I'll try to keep it away from my rider of the vuelta as well you know what i'll go with alberto dinesi for finally doing something in this race and Ouch. winning a stage this that's not even harsh like this guy has been nowhere he literally just sat up in the final sprint i, I saw him just freewheeling across the line I would have gone without pools, but maybe I'd jump a gun with my rider of the Vuelta, but you know what? I'll, I'll go with Dainese, because he won the sprint once all of Grove's lead-up men were taken out of the equation, so fair play. Well done. Even the pool? Ooh, boring. Tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. But, I mean, come on. Next. I kind of want to see 
Pavel Sivakov for getting a one, two, three in different races. Yes. I kind of wanted, but I shouldn't. You should have been picking him, Ewan, not me. Like, these We're are one of your boys. Low hanging fruit. Yeah, but I also kind of want to go for that Leti Lutsenko or Machovanopol for breaking the curse of the rainbow jersey or Seb Kuz for winning the Vuelta España. So I'll go for Seb Kuz because I think we can yeah. we continue that streak. Okay. The only rider to receive three riders of three in a row. In a row. He acknowledges that somehow. I don't know how. That may never happen again. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Well, are we going to see an American win at Grand Tour ever again? I don't know. I'm trying to think of the next one in the pipeline. I can't really think of one. Sheffield? When are you so? Can you see I, I, by the dawn's early light? I don't know if he's if he spent enough years to get a passport and a citizenship, but I'm manifesting this. He honestly could. That, that is the strategy. If here you are. Here, if you are a pro rider listening to this podcast, here is a top tip for you. If you're not good enough to get into your national team, go and live in some Caribbean nation for five years. Get a passport there. Get on the national team. Get yourself a national champs jersey. And then you'll get signed to EF because they want cool jerseys on the team. There you go. That is my top tip for you. Put that in the bank. All I'm saying is that Cycling is in need of a rider from the Seychelles. We need the Seychelles national champions jersey in the peloton. The the president of Seychelles, if you're watching, hello, I hope you're having a great day. But cycling is a great way to invest your national budget. Anyways, with that, that's it for this 34th episode of the Echelon Cycling Podcast. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel, our podcast as well over on Spotify, Amazon, etc and uh, yeah hit the like button get involved in the conversation down below in the comments and as always thank you for a lot but as always thank you for watching and we will see you next week